0: Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled Fightin', Fussin', and Feudin'. You are invited to the party. The agitators of the world want you involved. It's not going to be the same without you. You are invited to the party. Depravity is all about fightin', fussin', and feudin'. Sadly, many weak or naive Christians foolishly accept the invitation to the detriment of their true calling. One of the oldest plays in the devil's playbook is Divide and Conquer. He causes rifts in the home, in the church, and in the nation, all with the end goal of harm, destruction, and misery. And, to his credit, he is very good at it. In Titus 3.3, Paul wrote, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is a summary description of what defies, or what defines rather, depraved humanity. This is defined in all of us in various ways before we came to know the grace of our Lord in our lives. Note there is no holier than thou attitude here, <clears throat> for we ourselves were also once defined by these things, as Paul says. But note very carefully that this is what we once were prior to salvation not what is to define us now something radical has happened in our lives resulting in changed lives and that is what paul goes on to deal with in titus 3 4 through 7 namely our salvation through christ we too were once foolish meaning without understanding of spiritual realities we lacked all spiritual discernment and insight the word disobedient means one who refuses to be persuaded. This is not an intellectual problem, but rather that of a rebel, obstinate heart that refuses to listen or yield to the truth of God. It is not a lack of facts that is the problem, but an unwillingness to even consider them. It means being disobedient because one is not even open to the truth. Deceived means to be led astray. Obviously, if you are not open to the truth, you are going to be led astray. Serving various lusts and pleasures. The word serving is more literally enslaved. The lost are enslaved to illicit lusts and pleasures. This is bondage to sin and the lusts of the flesh. Unbelievers are to be pitied because they are really in bondage to sin and Satan. Although they are responsible for their moral actions, they really can't help serving various uh, lusts and pleasures. They have a sinful nature that feeds on being sinful. That's all they have. The most natural thing in the world for sinners is to sin. They are enslaved to sin. Romans 6.17 Living in malice and envy. This was a lifestyle practice. Malice means evil. It is ill will towards others. It seeks to do others harm. It, it means being vicious. Envy is to begrudge the good fortune of others or to selfishly and sinfully want what they have. The list of vices builds to the climax of hateful and hating one another. The world is full of haters. Boy, you don't have to look far to prove that point, do you? I... I, It's everywhere. The world is full of haters. Even the world can see this, but they can't stop being haters. They call for it. We gotta stop bullying one another. We gotta have sensitivity training. We gotta stop hating. And yet they hate. They hate those that are not hateful, and they hate those who are hateful. They just hate, hate, hate. They are enslaved to sin. Someone has said, this is perhaps the loneliest of all sins. Hateful is actually the idea of being hated by others. It means being in an equality of, of, of being hateful, uh, being odious, disgusting, repulsive to others. It's kind of a hateful being. And not only are people hated, they also hate. Being hated and hating defines the world. This is the world we live in. A bunch of haters out here. Do not come to the party. We are not called to hatred. Our calling is to love. God's love seeks the other's highest good, while hatred seeks the harm of others. When people say things like, he can go straight to hell, or I wish she would drop dead, they're displaying hatred. Someone that says with disdain, I don't ever want to see or talk to that person again, is expressing hatred. Hatred in the heart is the equivalent of murder before God. It wishes the destruction of another. 1 John 3.15 says, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. What defines the lost is a murderous attitude of hatred. But what defines God's people is his love. Not that we are always consistent. Indeed, we are not, and that is one reason Paul wrote his epistles. The goal of the Christian of Christian living is to live consistent with who we are. And yet we struggle because we too still have the flesh, the old sin nature. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Who is it, who is it that is born of God? and knows God? Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Wow! This is the defining reality for true believers. The world knows nothing about this. They can say, I believe, I believe, I believe. Yeah, how you loving? Does hatred or love define the person. That's the ultimate issue. In the context of Titus 3 is the idea that we should now treat the unsaved world with mercy and grace in the same way God treated us prior to our salvation. God showed his love toward us in that while we were, you ready for this, while we were still sinners. Romans 5.8, when we were in the bondage of depravity described in Titus 3.3, God's love was shown toward us And now we are to be a living expression of his love to the lost world. Expect the world to abuse you. Expect it. I mean, you expect the world to be nice to you? You expect everything to go your way and for them to all behave? Do not be a naive fool. The world is not going to love you. They don't know about love. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Expect the world to abuse you. They have a hostile attitude towards God. And he still keeps on loving them. And so should we. In fact, it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Romans 2.4 God's love breaks through depravity and wins over people. Every trophy of grace has been won over by the love of God. Let that sink in. Every trophy of grace has been won over by the love of God of God. If you want to be an effective witness to the lost and love the unlovely, that's God's way. Of course, we need to share the truth of the gospel with them and to do so without compromise. But we also put the gospel of grace on display through our lives. And that's Paul's point in Titus 3. God wants the rebel world to see his grace on display in the lives of his children. He wants them to see how grace has radically changed us as seen in how we respond to their sinfulness. Ah, when they are sinful, it's an opportunity for us to respond with, are you ready for this? Grace. This is called grace living on display. It's called gospel living. It's radical stuff. It's how Jesus lived, and it's how we are called to live as Christ's witnesses. So, say no to the agitators. Say no to the agitators' invitation to join in with all the fighting, fussing, and feuding. I mean, you're going to be invited today. Come to the party. Come, come, come. Join in. Say no to the agitators. Say yes to putting on the grace of God in your life. Putting the grace of God on display. We're going to need God's help on this one, as it can only be accomplished in the power of His supernatural strength. Titus 3, 1-7 reads, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. We also were once... But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, no, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace, Lord, that's been poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, having been justified by your grace that we should be heirs. Lord, you have changed us and you are changing us from the inside out. We also were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, hateful, hating one another. This defined us. But for the grace of God, there go I. Lord, help us to put your grace on display in a, in a world that is agitated to hatred, uh, hate, hateful and hating one another. Lord, for us, our calling is completely different. Help us not to join in to the, the hate party. But uh, Lord, be a part of the, the love party, biblically speaking. Uh, Loving our enemies, praying for those who despitefully use us and persecute us, putting your love on display between us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that we would display changed lives as we serve you for such a time as this. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen.